1: So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code COLLIN so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out podcast. Hopefully everyone had a good weekend. Uh, Recording this on a little Monday afternoon. Uh, it's officially now the first week of preseason games. I think the Giants and the Patriots start Thursday night, and then we're off and running. We got three weeks, and uh, as of recording this, we're officially a month away from the opening night Thursday, Thursday game, uh, bills Rams. So football, and obviously before that, the week before, fo- college football is off and running. So we're here, man. College programs are all practicing now. The NFL is has been practicing now for weeks. It's starting to really feel like football season. Now, you watch the preseason games, they're rough. And we all know most coaches don't play anybody. But hey, you know, I'm not going to complain. Put it on my television. Good to go. Rocking and rolling. Football is back. Big show today. Darnold Baker, some Rodgers stuff. Uh, a couple teams that I think need to take advantage of. You know, the, the time is now. Uh, a, a good staff that I read about Coach Reed that I think kind of symbolizes his career. Uh, I I think over the next seven, eight days, you're going to see a lot of these joint practices start. I have a couple takes there. And then uh, some top 25 polls came out, and and something happened. I I was talking to a buddy in the league, and he brought something up about college programs and NIL and punishment about a program that that really got me thinking. So uh, excited for the show. Actually, a lot going on. That's what happens in football season. We, we have we have a lot of topics. And then, of course, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your questions answered here on the show. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram. Fire in the DMs. Pretty easy. We, we do Middlecoff mailbag. I'll do one on this show. We put one out on the weekend. Uh, we interact with the people. This is the people show. You know, without you guys, it would just be a bald guy talking to a no mic and no one listening. And who knows? Maybe I would still do it. But uh, I appreciate everyone that uh, that has followed along this journey and that interacts with me on uh, on the social media streets. But let's start with the news that came out earlier today. Uh, Rap Sheet said that Baker's basically the lead dog in this race, talking about the Carolina Panthers. And I saw Benjamin Albright, who you know lives in Denver, but he he knows a lot of people and he's he's all over NFL news. Tweeted that Sam Darnold is on the trade block. And it's, it's fair to say, like, Baker Mayfield's going to be the opening day starter. And, and there's a chance. I, I guess they probably wouldn't cut him, given his money. But Sam Darnold's time in Carolina is over. Baker Mayfield has won the job, unofficially. Let's just call a spade a spade. Like, we got, we got enough information. It's clear where we're headed. Matt Rule can say whatever he wants. And we all make mistakes. Every single one of us. Whether you're an NFL GM. Whether you're just a father. You know, whether you're a sales guy. Mistakes in life. Are inevitable. It's it's unavoidable. We, we date the wrong people. We make the wrong business decisions. We invest in the wrong companies. The, the, there is no avoiding them. And honestly, mistakes you would say big picture in your life. If you're lucky in, enough to live a long, fruitful life, are the best thing that's that can ever happen to you. I was driving to Forty Nine er practice a couple days ago, and you know, flipping around serious, and just listening to different things. It was a Sunday, so it was you know a lot of weekend programming. And I was listening to the college station. I think it's like ESPNU, and they they were talking about the SEC, of course. Why wouldn't you? And I guess Nick Saban has a statement that, you know, I I don't know if this is verbatim, but basically, like, don't waste a failure. And in my experience, quote-unquote, my failures in life, personally or professionally, have always been positives, big picture, looking back. At the time, it sucks, but if you're able to handle a little adversity, well... Whether you get fired, whether you get dumped, whatever happens, you usually benefit from it as life goes on. And I was wrong on Sam Darnold. I think a lot of people were. I would have drafted him in the top five. Hell, I probably would have taken him one overall. Love the guy, loved the makeup. I thought what he had, and as someone that watches probably more Pac-12 football than the majority of the country, you know, I've seen the ratings, not many people do, Uh I, I was high on him. Who, who wasn't? I know Daniel Jeremiah was. A lot of people were. The, the guy was what I would consider, I don't know if I'd go quite blue chip, but was a legitimate high pick in any draft. Clearly wrong. The guy can't play. Like I, I think we kind of know that. And when I say can't play, like he's not a high-end starter. And when you draft a guy number three overall, that's what he was viewed as. Now, I'm not saying Carolina believed that when they traded for him. But they clearly shorted the Jets. They thought they were getting a distressed asset that still had a lot of positive ahead of it, right? That's why they immediately picked up his fifth-year option. And he went on the books for $30 million the moment they traded for him. A second-round pick. Hell, where I'm sitting in the Bay Area well before the Trey Lance trade, I thought the move, instead of trading all that for Trey Lance or a draft pick to get up to number three, was to trade for Sam Darnold. That would have been a disaster. Now, maybe he would have looked a little bit better with Kyle Shanahan, but I think it's fair to say the Jets, now Carolina. Now, you could argue bad teams, so I wouldn't totally dismiss his big-picture career, but but I think it's fair to say he's not a very good player relative to starting quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield comes in without knowing the offense and basically beats him out in two weeks. That's just what happened. And I give Carolina credit. Like I said, mistakes happen failures happen. We're all going to make them, and definitely NFL GMs are going to make them, and NFL front offices and NFL teams. They pivoted extremely quickly. A lot of people could have been like, well, we traded for them. Let's try to make this work. We got rid of the offensive coordinator. What did they do? They didn't just like, well, let's figure out the problem. They doubled down. They drafted Matt Corral in the third round, and then they traded for Baker Mayfield. And I got to give Carolina credit. They did good business. I I like Matt Corral as a prospect, especially talking about drafting him in the third round. I would much rather draft Matt Corral in the third round than draft Kenny Pickett at 20. One million percent. And listen, do I love Baker Mayfield, the player? No. But do I love him for a fifth round pick at $3 million when I don't necessarily have a starting quarterback? Hell yeah. Yeah. So basically, they got a guy who was the number one overall pick. Now, like Sam, looking back, should he have been the number one pick? Of course not. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. But Baker Mayfield is way better than Sam Donald. Baker Mayfield has had way more success than Sam Donald. And they got him for nothing. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? Listen, I'm no economist here. But if the recession, the economic chaos happens, a lot of things go on sale, right? Stocks, they've been on sale for the last six months. The housing market's coming back to earth. And if you buy them for cheap, then you're going to benefit down the road. No differently than landing a quarterback, if he can be your starting quarterback and just put them in the playoff conversation, and I'm not saying that he can, but if Baker Mayfield can play like he did in 2020, they do have some offensive weapons, that could potentially look like one of the moves of the year. Especially because it was easy to say, well, just ride it out with Sam, see if you can make it work. They didn't have that mindset as an organization and they've benefited from it. And now they have a quarterback that they drafted high and a guy who's proven to be a functional starter. Again, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield guy, but you couldn't roll it back with Sam Darnold. And I think some teams might have and they didn't. They pivoted. They didn't let let this mistake of last year which, you know, came to fruition pretty quickly. It was pretty obvious like this is not going to work, hold them down. And uh you got to give the Carolina Panthers some credit. In that realm. I watch, I haven't listened to the, uh, the interview that Aaron Rodgers did with, um, with part of my take, but I, I, you know, a lot of people have been like, why does everyone overanalyze Aaron Rodgers? I've said over and over, I do not care what drugs you do for advantages, whether it's ayahuasca, whether it's Adderall, whether it's caffeine, it does not matter to me. If we're competing in business, I assume you're on something. You're looking for an edge. Hell, over the last several years of doing this podcast, many of my takes have come off edibles, taking edibles at night, watching TV, think of things. My mind gets going. That's how many, many shows have come together. (laughs) So you could say I wouldn't have thought of certain angles and of certain topics without some help. I am pro PDs, (laughs) listen, they happen. I'm pro them in in pro sports. I'm pro them in the business world. And I say it all the time. Your competition is on something. I don't necessarily know what. It does not, like, I did not, people were like, why are you so hard on Aaron Rodgers? Listen, I I do not fall into the same category as Colin. The ayahuasca thing does not bother me. But you date a girl named Blue of Earth, I'm allowed to make fun of you. Again, not taking it that seriously. If I was dating someone named Blue of Earth, you're allowed to make fun of me. That's the way the world works. But here's what I will say about Aaron Rodgers. He feels, and he has the last couple years, and watching him talk this year, like he's in a great headspace. And whatever it takes to get to a good position of mental clarity, and I would say happiness and freedom in whatever job you do, you should be seeking. Because the faster you get there, the easier it is to be successful. However you get there. Some people do it through anger. I've learned. I've said over and over, I am not someone who can be revenge. Like Greg Norman clearly thrives with revenge, right? He has wanted revenge of the PGA Tour for 30 years. He's finally getting it, and he's basking in it. He loves it. Portnoy built a business on just being pissed off and attacking everybody, and he's great at it. I have attempted that and it slows me down. I don't thrive in anger. Even though I'm kind of naturally a spiteful revenge. Like, that, that, that comes naturally to me. But I, I don't, I'm not productive that way. I am much more productive as a more positive person. I wouldn't say necessarily forgiving. But just move on. Don't even worry about the person who you feel slighted you, who feel, you feel screwed you, who, you know, who might have fucked you. not Not literally, but figuratively in business. Because I have done that before and I, I, I did not do well. I am a positive, optimistic person when I'm having success. And clearly Rodgers is too. And I want to read you some quotes that really stood out to me that he gave to Albert Breer within this last week. And I, I, he talked to him for his Monday morning quarterback. I, 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 let me read him verbatim. And he's talking about his relationship with his coach. Talking about last year and the last couple of years to where they're at now. The time that we spent on Zoom was very meaningful to me. To feel more like a collaborator was really important. And I did some things off the field as well to help our relationship. And the more time we spent together, the better that our connection was. It was never bad. It just went from coach to player to friend. When you get to know somebody off the field, you know how they tick and what makes them go. You see everything from a different perspective, Roger said. I know Matt's a grinder. Matt's a very creative person. He's very driven, very hard on himself. I also know off the field how much he cares. And it's because of how much he cares that he gets to spend so much time in here grinding through the week and game planning, film watching, and preparation. So when there comes a situation where he might call something that I'm like, uh, don't know. I don't really love this. I just go back to, you know what? This dude's been grinding all week. And I bet you he has a specific reason he likes this as the number one play. And I might have thought it was down the list a little bit, but we just trust him and lean into it and vice versa. And I think that one of the most char- the, the important characteristics of any elite athlete, and I'd argue most successful people at the highest level, is the ability to be open-minded to taking coaching. And that doesn't always mean when a coach tells you something, you got to listen. Or if Jeff Bezos or Steve Jobs or Elon Musk gets advice from another high-level person that they have to use it. But they're opening the, or they're open to letting it into their, their headspace. And I think you, you see Kevin Durant right now. He refuses to be coach. He wants everyone always fired. He can't get along with anybody uh, in terms of a superior. And Aaron Rodgers, for a long period of time, it felt like, God, him and McCarthy, him and McCarthy. Well, you know what he's proven? Aaron Rodgers is a really, really smart guy. And McCarthy, meathead, let's face it, Cowboy fans, you would fire him tomorrow if you could upgrade. And I think Aaron Rodgers, the Packers deserve credit, first and foremost. They hired a high-level guy in Matt LaFleur. And that's someone that I questioned early on. He's earned my respect. Because I think we give so much credence in sports to, like, Scheming and coaching and interacting. Do you know what's really, really hard? Is coaching and getting along with elite superstar players. Joe Torre did it. Phil Jackson did it. It it is not easy. A lot of coaches, it eats up and and spits them out. It embarrasses them. Let's just use an example a couple years ago. Matt Patricia goes to the Lions. Pretty clear, Matt Stafford's an elite player. You know who hated Matt Patricia at the end? Matt Stafford. I'm sorry, I've red flagged Matt Patricia ever since. That's why I think the Patriots are an absolute disaster. Because Matt, because Bill Belichick is relying on Matt Patricia. And I don't give a shit how great Bill Belichick is. And we all acknowledge he's awesome. But when you're relying on that guy who we've seen other places doesn't even come close to getting along with star players and just something's off. And then you move his position. I mean, there are a lot of other variables there, but I'm out. And I give Rodgers a lot of credit. So however he got here, with the psychedelics, with the microdosing, I I don't even know. I I don't know these terms. I I haven't done any of them. But he is in a fantastic space mentally. And he's even acknowledged, I've been like this the last couple years. And look what has happened. He's won back-to-back MVPs. So when I'm making fun of his girlfriend, or him pooping on a tree in the wilderness on a seven-day cleanse, it's funny. But if that's what it takes to play at that level, if I was Brian Gudekins or Matt LaFleur, I would love it. I love this version. Because think how quickly, if he was in a bad head space, he could be kind of bitter just about this offseason. His star wide receiver, beside probably Charles Woodson, now I know Rodgers said Devontae's the best player he's ever played with, but Charles or him, one of the best players he's ever played with, demanded a trade. And like, let's face it, it's a little bit reflective of Rodgers, and he's handled it, extremely smoothly and a positive mindset. And I think it's pretty clear. And listen, I would imagine many of you guys listening right now can relate being like clarity is probably the, even the wrong way to put it. I know Rogers keeps saying that, but but being like happy and just and grateful and just positive every day helps. And Rogers is there. And listen, I I know a lot of people and I'm coward and a bunch of people are picking the Vikings. And I think the Vikings probably be pretty good. All the better field, and the Niners are joint practicing with them in a couple weeks, you know exactly how good they are. But, like, the the Packers are going to be good because they have the best player in the league who is locked, loaded, and dialed. And we've seen him the last couple years kick the shit out of everybody. He went in, like, listen, I, I think Devontae is the best wide receiver in the league. Devontae is one of my favorite NFL players ever. Part of it is like, I I don't know him personally, but I know so many people that do, and I, I love everything about him. To me, he epitomizes what you look for in an NFL player, on and off the field. He's everything I would want out of a blue chip player, what he represents, the way he carries himself, just everything. So it, it's a big loss. But I vividly remember, on a short week, Rodgers going in to Arizona with basically nobody. Everyone's got COVID or injured, and taking down the Cardinals. And I don't think Rodgers pulls that off like the previous three or four years. But the way he's dialed right now, I'm not betting against the Packers. It's not going to look quite the same. They're going to be a defensive-oriented oriented team. They're going to run the football. But I, I will make fun of him for his girlfriend and hanging out with Aubrey Marcus and doing some weird things. Again, weird to me. It may not be weird to him. It's working. I'm sure I do a lot of shit that's weird. If it works, I don't care what other people think. So... I don't know if I'd pick him just because the likelihood of a guy winning three straight MVPs, but I would expect Aaron Rodgers to continue to dominate. The NFL Week 1 odds are out, and now's the time to try FanDuel Sportsbook if you haven't already. Get in on the action early this season. Right now, new FanDuel Sportsbook customers can get No Sweat First Bet up to $1,000. Here's what I know. I like two games right off the bat. Matt Stafford talked about this on the podcast. Elbow's a little messed up. I like the Bills week one. Lot to prove. Coming off that devastating loss to the Chiefs, I think they start fast. Here's another matchup Bears, Niners. I think the Bears are going to be awful. I like the Niners to destroy the Bears. I would take the 49ers minus 10. There's no double digit number you give me where I wouldn't feel good. Niners to cover, Bills to win. Just sign up using the promo code Colin. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to one thousand dollars back in free bets if you don't win. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code Colin to get started with your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's promo code Colin. Hope NY, or text Hope NY, 467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline one 888 9789 Tennessee, one 522 4700 Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative.
1: Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Let's dive into the bills and the colts. You know, listen,
0: opportunity presents itself. You got to take advantage of it. You know, there's just no way around it in life whether you're an NFL team or whether you're a human being in sales, right? You, you sit down with the right person that can give you some business, you better close the deal. Because when that guy leaves, he may never call you back. Just like you get the opportunity with a really good team, you better make a playoff run. You better not get bounced in the first round. Because there's no guarantee in football you're making it back. It's very, very difficult. We know the transition in football, unlike the other sports. like The Dodgers make the playoffs every year. The Yankees make the playoffs every year. They don't always win it, but they're in the playoffs literally every year. Teams constantly, the Ravens, number one seed one year, out the playoffs the next year. Injuries, weird shit happens. The constant just turnover in the sport. It's very unique that way. Like the Golden State Warriors, as long as they're healthy, are making the playoffs every stinking year. That's not the case in football, unless you're the Chiefs. (laughs) But the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts have a fantastic opportunity. And they have, especially the Bills. Let's start there. When you are this good, and I, I was driving in the car the other day, and I was flipping channels and listening to Dan Patrick, and he had Albert Breer on, and Breer, who just knows his shit. I I trust Breer when he talks about football teams. He knows everybody in the league, Uh, and he came away from Bill's practice just like, they're absolutely loaded. And it's clear. I mean, we saw him last year. They are a fantastic team. But when you're a fantastic team, you got to make a run. Now, that doesn't mean you got to win three straight Super Bowls, but look at the Chiefs. They had an unreal team, with a trio of Hall of Famers in Mahomes, in Kelsey, in Tyreek, some good pieces on defense, and for four straight years, they, they go to the playoffs all the time, but for four straight years, they went to the AFC Championship game. And if memory serves me correct, they hosted it every single year. They went to multiple Super Bowls, and they won one. They took advantage of their opening. I'm not saying it's done yet, but like in their team that peaked the last several years, they they borderline maximized it. Because football, you don't win the Super Bowl every year. It's not the case. But the Bills, who now like they just lost in the second round in a devastating way, it was crazy. Like Josh Allen was remarkable. He was so good in the game against the Patriots and then the game against the Chiefs. And ultimately, like you don't even make it to the championship game, it feels like a major failure. And I'm not saying just because you make it to the championship game, like two teams lost in the a- the AFC and the NFC championship game last year, right? The Chiefs, that felt like the ultimate failure. They're up at halftime. They're playing the Bengals at home. That sucked. But the Niners, for example, it was a very successful year. At one point in time, it's like, they're not even going to make the playoffs. Then all of a sudden, they win multiple playoff games. So you win games in the playoffs and get to the championship game, like, that's a successful year. And the Bills right now, their team is loaded. They have one of the best players in the league at the most important position. Their division is also a major question mark. Are the Jets going to be better? Yes. They've drafted a lot of good players over the last couple of years. But no one can say that Robert Saul is a good head coach. And no one knows if Zach Wilson's any good. He might be. But as of right now, I'm sorry. I have to lean like completely unknown, and I would bet against him. The, the New England Patriots. Bell Belichick, best coach of all time. I have no problem saying that. His offensive coordinator and offensive line coach is Matt Patricia. I'm out. The Dolphins, who in theory should be good, you know, are relying on Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And a head coach who a little bit like, uh, you know, it's just a major question mark. I, I put Mike McDaniel, who I'm rooting for, but a little like Nate Hackett. Like, th- there is a big difference. A lot like Robert Sala. Love Robert Sala. You can be a coordinator, and honestly, Mike McDaniel's never called plays. He was not the play caller in San Francisco. He was just Kyle's right-hand guy. So he goes from being a genius, and he was, incredible run game coordinator, to now calling the plays. And not only calling the plays, like the quarterback and him got to be tied at the hip. There's a lot going on there. That's a lot of pressure. So the Bills division stinks that they easily should go like five and one. And a lot of people be like, well, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent in the NBA. The teams have never been worse. So just because there's a lot of talent in in all the sports we know in football, it doesn't that doesn't equate to wins. But to me, it's less about winning the division. The Bills are going to win the division. It's more about taking advantage of this opportunity. Like, you got to make a run now. Because if you don't, it feels like, uh, what could have been? And I I think anything less than a championship berth for the Buffalo Bills is a complete failure. And speaking of the Colts, who last year had one of the all-time implosions, they should have walked into the playoffs. And somehow, they lost the last two games, Raiders and Jags, And the Jags game is an all-time embarrassment. You know, it's well-documented. They haven't beat the Jags, I think, at home since, in Jacksonville, in Jacksonville's home, (laughs) since 2014, which is an insane stat. But it's true. And I I would, honestly, I did bet the house. I bet a lot of money against them for them to beat the Raiders. They blew that one. And I I would have doubled down. I I didn't bet on them to beat the Jags. And it it was a joke effort. But they trade for Matty Ice. Who, Which they did a couple years ago, Phillip Rivers, easily make the playoffs. But they also had a pretty good offseason of adding Yannick Ndakwe and Stephon Gilmore. And here's the thing. The AFC South, Jacksonville, complete rebuild. Houston is technically just starting their rebuild. that They just flipped Deshaun for all these picks. It's like kind of the beginning. And Tennessee, you would say, is going to be in somewhat of a transitional period. Like, is Ryan Tannehill going to be the quarterback in two years? I'd bet against it. Now, does that mean Malik Willis is going to be the guy? I'm not saying that, but it does feel like they're going to transition. Now, I'm not betting against Vrabel or that team to not be good, but the Colts should win this division. To me, both these two teams, they have all these good players. Now, I I think the Bills are much better than the Colts, but the Colts to me should be a team that competes to win 11 or 12 wins when you factor in the division, when you factor in the chip on their shoulder and all their core guys are returning. So, part of life is when you get the advantage to sit down with someone that you need for business, like, you got to close the deal. You know, I, certain things open up at certain times, and sometimes people take advantage of it, and sometimes people don't. And sometimes teams take advantage of it, and sometimes they don't. And to me, the Bills and the Colts are two teams this season that, like, the Chiefs got their opportunity with Mahomes and their core guys, and they dominated for four years. I know they only won one Super Bowl, but name me a team in the league the last 20 years, beside Belichick and Brady, that would not sign up for that four-year stretch. I'll, I'll hang up and listen. There won't be one. So it's when you when you are good and you have a core and you have a star quarterback, and I'm, not, I'm speaking more to the Bills now than the Colts, it's time to do something. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs taking advantage of it, an absolutely incredible stat that I read in Monday Morning Quarterback. Andy Reid, when this season ends, will be the first coach In NFL history, to complete one decade or decade plus. I mean, he was in Philly, I think, for 14 seasons. This will be his 10th season uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs for multiple teams. Think of what an incredible accomplishment that is. There have been so many good coaches in league history that have changed teams and either flamed out, either struggled, had success with other ones, that have just struggled to be consistent in their second opportunity. Or just, you know, got tired, got exhausted. And Andy feels like he's got another five years left with Kansas City. And here's the thing. What Andy did in Philadelphia was pretty awesome. Consistent winner, built up a franchise that had fallen on hard times. But he did it with multiple quarterbacks. The majority of it was with Donovan McNabb. But then at the end, he made the playoffs and put the guy in the MVP conversation with Michael Vick, who was fresh out of prison. And then he goes to Kansas City, and the first half of his Chiefs career, he does it with Alex Smith, who, let's face it, I've been watching the Niners my whole life, and what Harbaugh did with him was impressive, but not in a million years would I think you could just go to the playoffs year in, year out with Alex Smith. But you know one guy that did, and I know this for a fact, because when I worked for him with the Eagles, do you know who he tried to sign as our backup quarterback? Alex Smith. Andy Reid had loved Alex Smith since he came out of the draft. And Alex was just a remarkable story with them. And his last season, best season ever, that it was they were able to flip him, I think, for a second round pick. And then he got Mahomes, who is clearly the best quarterback he's ever had, and he's dominated the league. But to me, for as great of a football coach as Andy is, I think his legacy will be, besides being a Super Bowl champ and probably, I mean, not probably, he'll be a Hall of Famer, is the impact he's had on people. Like, part of the way we talk about Belichick is like, how about all the people that all of his coaches? Bunch of failures. At least he has the GMs, which Belichick does. And he has the GMs and the coaches. But he also has people in media left and right. Lewis Riddick was just doing Monday Night Football. Daniel Jeremiah, who worked for Andy Reid, is now doing basically Mike Mayock's role with the NFL Network. Hell, I, would n- I say this all the time. If my three years in the NFL had been for Leslie Frazier, who's an Andy Reid guy, Freddie Kitchens, whoever, just some Jim Tom Sula, just some random coach, I probably would not be sitting here being able to do this. Yet the credibility he gave me that, yeah, I worked for Andy Reid. I mean, that changed my life. So I, I know firsthand. But this guy is just... One thing that him and Belichick have So many coaches just get worn out. Sean McVay contemplated quitting football to go work at Monday Night Football. Not because he doesn't love it. Not because he doesn't enjoy coaching on Sundays. Just because it was wearing his ass out. Andy has been doing this now as a head coach for 24 plus years. As a head coach. Obviously he's been working in the NFL or in football for way longer than that. And I I don't even think he gets faced. And I say it over and over, this division is awesome. I can't wait to watch the AFC West. But I'm not betting against the Chiefs. There's going to be a team, potentially two, that miss the playoffs and are going to be complete failures. I will be stunned if it's Kansas City. I don't know which is the other team, whether it's Denver, everyone's picking them, I'm, I'm a little leery. The Raiders, I, I like the Raiders, but their offensive line is a major question mark. The Chargers, who I think have the best roster in football, their head coach goes for it on his own 20-yard line. So until they prove me wrong, I'm picking Kansas City, who just constantly goes to the playoffs and constantly wins playoff game. And the main reason for as much as Mahomes is because they're head coach. Uh, I was at a practice on Sunday when Trey Lance looked awful. And you see reports all over the league where quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks or bridge quarterbacks, are looking terrible. And these practices, I've been going to NFL practices now for about 13 years. And when I first got in the league, it was before the second to last CBA. So not this new one, but the previous one. You could have double days, you could hit. It was a physical, physical practice. And a lot of football was being played. For the most part, again, the only training camps I've been to the last several years have been Kyle Shanahan's. Not that much football is being played. And I'm not, this is not a Kyle Shanahan thing. This is all over the league. People do not tackle to the ground. Uh, people go a couple weeks, couple days on pads, and then they they don't. The, the, you, you rarely have any more than three straight days in pads. And it, it's, I would say, 75% of what even a preseason game would be. So it is very, very hard to judge. And listen, I, I would imagine many people listening are following their team, seeing good and bad things. And I said this, and I've been saying it for a while. Having success in these practices, especially for young guys, whether you're an undrafted free agent, whether you're a fifth-round pick, whether you're a practice squad guy, is a positive thing. But it doesn't actually mean that much. Like, having success then for a young guy in a preseason game is a big deal. And then taking that to the regular season is a whole separate step. But the first step is having success in these environments. That's all you can go off of. But I don't put that much stock into the practices. I really don't. Now, I'm not saying throwing picks is a good thing, but a couple years ago, Jimmy Garoppolo had a practice where he threw five, let me repeat, five straight interceptions in the same practice. Not five straight days with a pick, five straight plays, five straight passes, five straight picks. The 49ers went to the Super Bowl that year. So I think you got to be very, very hesitant. Of what you make of practices, good and bad. Now, listen, I, I don't if if star players are playing bad, I don't put that much, like whatever. To me, young guys, it's a positive. But I will put some stock into the stuff that comes out of the joint practices. So all these teams, the majority of the league, will joint practice when your quarterback is throwing picks against them, or you have players that are excelling in those situations. I have no problem getting excited and being bullish on those examples. I just think big picture, though, in these practices leading up to the preseason and the joint practices, I would take them with a grain of salt because I I have seen people look horrendous in practice and and go on to have very, very successful seasons, Pro Bowl years, whatever. Hell, for 49ers, and I think this speaks for a lot of teams, Nick Bosa doesn't take any team rips. George Kittle barely does. Why? They basically just save them for the season. And that happens in a lot of teams with star players who you know that are ready. In a Under no circumstances in 1993 would Jimmy Johnson not have practiced Charles Haley, Emmett Smith, Michael Irving. Those guys would take every rep of the team drills. If you could get practice film of the 1989 New York Giants, LT is taking all the reps. Or 1983, Walter Payton is touting all the carries in practice. This is a completely different world. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I've always leaned on preseason terrifies me. But there is a balance of, and I think one thing we're going to learn over time, when Mike Tyson goes to a fight, he spars before the fight. right? When Floyd goes to a fight, he spars to get ready. A lot of teams now are very, very cautious with their premium assets. Because they don't want them to get hurt in the middle of August. No one does. But can you just go? Even if you're like Nick Bosa is in incredible shape. Nick Bosa could play every snap of every game in the middle of June. He he just three sixty five, but he doesn't practice. And I, I think moving forward, he'll never practice that much again. And he he is not alone. P- players all over the league are under that umbrella now. That that's something very very new to the sport. And it's just, to me, it's only time will tell and it'll never be able to prove. But is that the w- right way to do things? Because when I was a kid, all the st- Reggie White took the reps in practice and it felt like never got hurt. Now, you could argue a lot of these guys had shorter careers because of that, but it's just, it's a different world that we're living in. I, I-, I-, I tend to be more for it. If I was a GM, that's what I would do. But it's just, you know, it's not necessarily the right way to do it in terms of, it's it's going to lead to less injuries. And last but not least, before we get dive into the mailbag, uh, I, I was talking to a friend who does who's a, a high-end executive, and he does all over the country in scouting in college, but the SEC is kind of his baby. And he was telling me about the story of he was just in a program, one of the SEC programs, and they told him, that all 85 of the scholarship guys in college football power 5 you get 85 scholarships and Georgia, Florida, USC, Texas whoever you get 85 scholarships and it's it's unique that way because obviously there's not another program in the athletic department that gets anywhere near that so it's it's an outlier sport of course it is it pays for everything you know football without football the athletic department in college sports don't exist Again, I'm not, I'm not. I don't even know why. Of course, we we all know that. But this guy was in an SEC program, one of the good ones, and they said that every single player on the team, all all 85 scol players, are receiving over forty thousand dollars a year. And listen, I think a lot of these programs now, especially the high end ones, Texas a m Texas, Bama, Georgia, Florida, LSU if not now, Notre Dame maybe, Ohio State, their scholarship guys are are on salary, basically. And he basically said, think about the irony of a couple weeks ago, Jeremy Pruitt, who was once the defensive coordinator for Alabama and who became the head coach for Tennessee, who got popped for a bunch of violations and fired in the middle of a season a couple years ago. Well, just, I think last week, it came out, the findings of the investigation by the NCAA. That his career is basically over. He'll never be a head coach again. And Tennessee got in trouble. They got popped for a lot of different violations. For $60,000. Not $6 million, Not 600000 $60,000. Now, at the time, NIL didn't exist. It was technically illegal. But think about the irony and kind of the hypocrisy that just a year later, Tennessee can pay their player, every single guy, if they so choose to, and have the money, $60,000 just to be on the team. I'm not even talking about endorsements. I'm not talking about the other NIL stuff. I'm just saying, I can pay you $60,000. Yet Jeremy Pruitt is viewed as a cheater, loser, career over. Now listen, one thing he did And one thing that Herm Edwards did, which I think is pretty chicken shit and pretty bush league, is when COVID hit and there was periods, you know, basically college football shut down. One main rule was you cannot have no recruiting and no kids on campus. Both programs did that. Where the majority of teams, even the ones that cheated, did not do it. They shut it down. So to me, I have no problem getting in some trouble that way. But from a financial standpoint, paying players to come on visits, paying for their hotel rooms, paying for their parents, stuff that NIL now essentially does, $60,000 seems a little ass backwards. And this is why these college coaches think like, what are we doing? Because in the pros, there's a salary cap. There are rules. And listen, I, I say it all the time. Rules are meant to be broken, but they do give you the template of where you kind of have to color in and around, right? You can tamper, but, you know, you can negotiate deals at the Combine even though you're not technically supposed to do it for two more weeks. Now, you can't be Steven Ross and trying to recruit Tom Brady when he's literally on another team. But a month before free agency, yeah, you're talking to agents, you're talking to players, you're figuring out things. But in October, you can't ask Tom Brady and Sean Payton, I want you to be my quarterback and my coach. You deserve to get popped for being an idiot. Just like ASU and Tennessee deserve to get in trouble for recruiting on campus during the vid. right? I, I got no issue with that. But handing people a couple grand to stay in hotel rooms when a year later, I'm handing them $50,000, $70,000, who knows how much Texas a and span, seems just beyond stupid. And I, I've never taken the NCAA seriously. And I don't typically agree with a lot of the media when it comes to just football stuff, especially amateurism and college. And again, I'm not pro like the NCAA, but one thing I know is coming and get ready for it is Will Anderson, who is the best player in college football. Now, will he be the number one overall pick? Typically quarterbacks go, but there is not a quarterback who is as good at playing their position as Will Anderson is as good at playing their position. And last year, I was told by a scouting buddy, Will Anderson didn't take a penny of NIL. Why? He wanted to focus. He's a no bullshit type guy. Complete ass kicker. Honestly, he's like modern day Lawrence Taylor. And I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Lawrence Taylor. Just watch 31 for Alabama and, and watch some highlights of LT and tell me he ain't the college person. But you watch this year, especially if you were to roll an ankle, all the media is like, what is he doing? Why is he playing? I don't know. He likes playing football. Remember, it happened to Zion. Every media member wanted Zion to quit playing at Duke. And he came back. Why? He likes playing at Duke. It was fun dunking on people. What happened to Zion ever since? Number one pick. Made like $200 million. Remember last year, Jamison Williams, who was playing at Alabama, Ohio State transfer, tore his ACL. I think it was a national championship game. My... It, Mechie might have been the national championship. Jamison might have been Jamison might have been in the in the in the first playoff game. And the media lost their ever-loving minds. They say, how could Nick Saban, how could they do this? How could they allow to play? Why is Jamison? He's ruined his career. And then he went 13th to the Lions with a torn ACL. And his career not only will be fine, I'm sure he'll come back perfectly well. And get a huge second contract. Why? He's sweet. And I just prepare. The Will Anderson, like, why is he playing, is going to be nonstop. And he's playing simply because he's awesome at football. And you know what he doesn't want to do? Go to L.A. and just pump weights. Do you know what that would be? Boring. You know what he likes doing? Playing with his team. Because you know what? It's a team game. And he's choosing this. Because, like last year, I, I don't know if he's making NIL this year. But... You watch, get ready for it. Also have some other college takes on some specific players that I will sprinkle in as as we get close to the college season. Because I got a player, a quarterback, who I think none of us have ever seen, I mean, has a chance, if all goes well, to just go stupid high in next year's draft. You know, I'll save that for a week or two, but j- just get ready because I, I got a name, hell, I wrote his name down somewhere. I don't even have his name off the top of my head. But he'll be a guy that I all of a sudden people are going to be buzzing about and people are going to be talking about. But think how stupid it is. Jeremy Pruitt, $60,000, career's probably over. And literally every player now is getting paid left and right. Shocking that the NCAA. One thing I agree with the media, complete clown show, uh, just joke. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail
1: locations around the country.
0: Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue.
0: 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash. Okay, let's get to a little mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in my DMs. I just typed on Instagram and there uh, there Rogers was talking with uh, Aubrey Marcus. Okay. At John Middlecock, fire in the DM. Start coming from Bo. Dear Niner John, since the Saints have installed a NASCAR pass rush, is there any chance that they won't be the most successful successful defense this year? Well, I would be stunned if their defense has the same level, given that their defensive coordinator, who's done a fantastic job, Dennis Allen, is now their head coach. You know, typically, it falls off a little bit. Or at least, like, it's fair to go, are they going to be as good on defense? Because he's not going to be able to give the same energy. He has to be the head coach. He's no longer the coach of half the team. He's coaching the whole thing. Now, clearly and obviously, he'll spend more time with the defense as the majority of quickly transition coordinators do. Like, is Todd Bowles going to spend more time with the offense or the defense with the Bucks? Obviously the defense. But, like, I, I just think, I don't think it's because of their NASCAR package in terms of, I think what you mean is just they're putting a lot of pass rushers on the field at the same time. Uh, you don't do that on, like, first down, I, I would guess. It's just, a, it's just a pitch you have to kind of throw. I actually had, I think someone dm me about the Patriots' offensive scheme in their running game, and I had a scout buddy who texted me, like, you know, every single team in the league has gap runs and zone runs. And he thought that the majority of runs throughout NFL offenses are pretty consistently the inside zone run. Like, every team has the inside zone. I I would say that's a pretty consistent run play that every single NFL team has in their playbook. Now, some teams surely run it more than others. You know, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has wet dreams thinking about running inside zone. But... the Patriots have done everything forever. I mean, that's kind of one thing they've kind of hung their hat on over the years. From New Zealand. Actually went to New Zealand when I was 12 years old. Also a massive Steelers fan. My question is this. If Trubisky and Pickett don't work out, how long do you think we try and pivot to another quarterback? After the 23-24 season? Well, to me, if Trubisky doesn't work out, who cares? He makes no money. He was hired or signed to be just a bridge quarterback. I've been saying now for a while is that I I do think Jimmy Garoppolo makes some sense. I did not like the Pickett selection. I thought it was kind of insane. Now, I could be wrong. Been wrong before. Love Sam Darnold. He's not good. So I'm not, you know, Bill Walsh meets Bill Polian here. But I'm out on Kenny Pickett before he even plays a game you tell me he's a poor man's back Jones and 24 years old and can't immediately win the starting job and runs with the threes, we got some issues. I, I don't like Trubisky at all. I think Jimmy Garoppolo makes a lot of sense. And then just kind of go from there. If Kenny Pickett's got to be his backup for a couple years, if you're successful with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I, I think they should be all over Jimmy G. Um, uh, Yeah. Big fan of the PGA and the NFL content. Keep up the great work. I'm looking at future bets heading into the NFL season. My betting platform has futures where you can bet on where a team will finish within their division. I currently have a bet placed for the Bears to finish last in the NFC North at minus 120. I'm also considering the Dolphins at finishing second in the AFC East at plus 160. Question, have you ever looked at bets like this? Dolphins second in the AFC East, Cardinals third in the NFC West. Feel free to share any bets you suggest future heading into the season. Uh, I'm not a huge future guy uh, unless it's like incredible value. Like I I like a team to win the Super Bowl at 25 to 1. Because I don't like having to wait for an ROI at minus 120 or plus 160. You know, I I got no problem taking an underdog on a game at plus 160. But I don't want to wait all season for plus 160. So to me, from a business standpoint, and I, I don't bet, even if I'm betting a lot of money, to win money. Like, I mean, I do, but ultimately I bet I bet for entertainment. I, I'm prepared when I gamble to lose money. I work for my wages. I work for my money. I invest in the stock market for cash. <laughs> you know, I, I invest... I, I, my money is made not through gambling. Now, I've made hit huge golf bets that have paid four or five grand, right? I've hit big NFL bets that have bet to 2,500, whatever. But I I pr- I was prepared to lose that money. So I, I wasn't ever banking on the cash. Part of betting on the future for me, which I, I've done in golf before, I did it with Rory McIlroy at the open. I was, if he had won, I would have made $4,500. So unless you're betting large sums of money, it would bore me at those prices. Now, one, I, I don't want to give away my, uh, my college quarterback take, but the team that that kid's at is like 35-1 to 1 to win his conference, the, the team. Like, that is a tight future bet. If I bet $100, I'd win $3,500. That gets my juices flowing. That's how I think about it. Now, your specific questions, I think the Bears are a lock to finish last. I think the Lions are going to be competitive. I think the Vikings are, and the Packers are going to be good. Uh, the Dolphins to finish second, don't hate that at all uh, at plus 160. But again, are, are you going to, like, if Zach Wilson is solid, the Jets could easily finish second? Hell, Belichick, him and Patricia shock us all. They finish second again. Who knows? So I, are you really going to bet on Tua and Mike McDaniel at plus 160 to wait all season? That, that, that is my issue, I guess. Now I understand over unders probably more as a future, because every week you kind of root for that team. But even over unders, like if I take a team, let's just pick a arbitrary number, eight. And let's just—I don't even know if this is the team's number, but let's just say the Minnesota Vikings are at eight, and it's plus or it's minus one ten for them to go over, and I take the over. And I put $500. Well, I'm only going to win like $440. So I got to wait all season for that return. And I'm not acting like some people $500 might be a lot. But that's kind of a risky thing to wait all year long for that type of return. I, I guess that's the way I look at it from a future standpoint. That's my betting philosophy. Again, I say it all the time. I bet for fun. Betting is betting and golf are my hobbies. <laughs> you know, so I, every time I bet... I'm cool with losing. I, I, I work for my money. I, I bet for entertainment. Like I, I don't go to Disneyland. I, I don't hike on the side. You know, I, I don't. I don't have little arts and crafts. Like I don't have other hobbies. Play golf, gamble, and work out. Those are really the only things I do. Besides hanging out with friends and working. Like I don't live a very complicated life. So that that's my philosophy on on the future stuff. Uh, been a Giants fan my whole life. This is Jordan. And a couple weeks ago, Colin said that he thought the Giants were most likely landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. Can't figure out why New York would do that. He certainly isn't the difference between them winning and losing the division, as they still would have the worst roster in the NFC East. Can't figure this one out, and I was hoping you could give some clarity on why Jimmy G to the Giants would make sense. Well, I, I don't think I heard Coward say that. I'm in agreement with you. If I'm the Giants... I bought him out. I think we also, the you know, hell, you might have been there. The video of Daniel Jones in, the, uh, in MetLife. I mean, one of the worst passes you probably saw this preseason uh, or in practice or any viral video. It was bad. You just bought him out. Just lose. Just suck. First year for both these guys. If next year, you know, you get the number one overall pick and you want C.J. Stroud to learn for a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo and you, Jimmy Garoppolo is worth $20 million. Just to kind of teach C.J. Stroud the way. No issue with that. But this year, wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Makes no sense. Go down in flames with Daniel Jones. Lose. I think for the first time, it is okay to say as the Giants, let's lose for a season. Be really, really bad. The Bills did that. Remember, Brandon Bean's first year with Sean McDermott, they had the highest dead cap in the league it ultimately led to them getting Josh Allen. Now, they they traded up in that draft because somehow they still won some games, but that changed their franchise forever. You know who was there? Your general manager in New York. So I, I don't think getting Jimmy G makes sense at all. Big fan of the pod, keep up the grind. Day in and day out, I hear you throw dirt on Mitch Trubisky's name. And as a Bears fan, I was mad we even let him go. Matt Nagy hands down ruined that man's development. Trubisky does and says all the right things at the podium and is all around good person. I watched every game Mitch played for the Chicago, and let me be clear, he was not, all caps, the problem. Chicago hasn't had a good old line in over a decade, and I think he has a chance to prove all the doubters wrong. I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky than Justin Fields. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to have to hard disagree. I don't think Matt Nagy or Bill Walsh could have figured out Mitch Trubisky. Now, there were times when you lost, it wasn't all Mitch's fault. I agree. But to act like Mitch Trubisky, in no world would anyone in NFL history take currently Mitch Trubisky over Justin Fields. Now, does your offensive line, is it bad? Yes. Is that a problem? Yes. Will that be a disaster this year? Of course. To me, I haven't even seen the line The lock of the week in the first week of the season is the 49ers against the Bears. The 49ers pass rush is stupid good. The Bears offensive line is the potentially the worst in the NFL. Justin Field Fields is screwed. He's going to be running for his life. Luckily, he's pretty fast, but he's in trouble. So I I'm not, I have no issue. Mitch Trubisky, great guy. This is the NFL. The, the price of admission is be a good guy and work hard Mitch checks those boxes congratulations like I've never said he's a bad guy this is not I'm t- I talk about him as a player. most people in the NFL are good guys a lot of them aren't as good as a lot of other players that's that's what happens <laughs> I mean I, I don't know what to tell you uh but I to say that Mitch trubisky I, I don't know man I, I I just disagree with you but it's okay to disagree. Question for the pod. The media plays up camp storylines because there's not much else going on. But it seems silly to be hammering quarterbacks for looking shaky in the beginning of camp. So much of passing offense is about timing and chemistry. It feels obvious the defenses would look better in the beginning of camp Why the offense? while the offense struggles. I'm an optimistic Eagles fan, and I feel like I keep seeing headlines about Hurts not looking sharp and we're only a week in. Sounds like you're seeing the same thing with Lance. What say you? How much stock should I put in these early reports? Well, I would say if you're an established quarterback, any top 10 guy, Brady, Rogers, Herbert, Lamar, Mahomes, Allen, even Kyler, right? Stafford, just Dak, Cousins. If they're throwing picks all the time, you'd be like, yeah, it's a little weird. I would say with Jalen Hurts, who, let's face it, has struggled throwing the ball. Lance, who last year, when he played, accuracy was an issue, it's okay to to separate two things. The defense, historically, in the history of football, whether it's peewee football, high school football, Alabama football, or pro football, is always ahead. But when guys consistently are inaccurate, that can be a problem. So the defense should be ahead, but accuracy, or at least like all you can go off of is the practice that day. So when I go to an Eagles practice and Jalen Hurts is inaccurate, or I go to a Trey Lance practice and he's inaccurate, you can go, well, it's only August 5th. That's a fact. But he was inaccurate that day of practice. Right? It's like, we could do that with the games. Well, it was only one game. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the whole point of the sport or to play these games. So I guess it's twofold. The defense 100% should be ahead. But I also think it's okay as someone who's been at these practices to go, yeah, that that was a bad practice, you know? (laughs) That that was not ideal. Does it, the good thing is, a practice means nothing a game does, right? A game can cost you, you lose, right? You get an L, you only get 17 tries. Practice, who cares? Now, I would say this. If it's August 25th, and it's like, well, we're still dealing with some accuracy issues, that, you know, get ready for that during the season. I do think it's okay to go, you know, he's still figuring some things out. These guys are working through it. One thing I would say with Jalen and Trey, and Jalen has played way more than Trey. I think Jay, I, you know, Trey's a better prospect, bigger, stronger arm. They both really give a shit. And they both really care about improving. And they both, like that's, to me, and I said this a couple weeks ago, Like, Jay, think about Kyler. Kyler won't watch film outside of the building. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. The organization admitted so. Jalen Hurts, who's a a high school coach's son, has maximized every ounce of talent he's had since he entered the NFL. I respect that. And Trey, like part of the reason the Niners drafted him, because his character and his work ethic and his desire. So those guys, you would say, will just maximize whatever talent they have. Dak Prescott is a great example. Dak Prescott does not throw it like Kyler Murray or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. Not even close. But when Dak Prescott's career ends, he may never win a Super Bowl. Hell, he may never get there or even get to a conference championship game. But he's going to have the Cowboys consistently in the playoff mix. Why? Because he maximizes every ounce of talent that God gave the guy as a thrower and work ethic and as a studier. And I think all of us, who root for a team or root for that's all we ask for. like do they give everything they have? That's why I love like I don't really watch that much of the NBA anymore beside the Warriors. You know why? Because I know Klay Thompson, you'd have to drag that guy off the court off working on his game off his craft because he eats, breathes, and sleeps basketball. Now he's he's a Hall of famer, he's you know won four championships, his resume is awesome. But basketball means everything to him. Same thing with Steph Curry. Same thing with Draymond. Like, they really, really care. And that's that's enjoyable as a consumer. To watch a guy where you go, you know what? Like, ultimately, do I respect Kyler that much? Not really. God gave him the ability to run faster than everybody and an incredible arm. And he's not maximizing his talent. And he's still having success. But, like, I'm sorry. I root for people that give it their all. Whether you work at a deli or whether you're the quarterback in the NFL. So I say this about Jalen, where I was wrong about him in terms of I didn't like him coming out. I underestimated the person. Now, I don't ever envision him being a top 10 quarterback. He's, He's not, he'll never be better than Kyler Murray. But unlike Kyler, he'll maximize his talent. Guys like Kyler just never do. Just listen to the pod with Sobel about college golf recruiting. Yes, the best American players wind up at the powerhouses. I did my undergrad at Augusta University, won back-to-back D1 golf national championships, built off strong international recruiting, and having Patrick Reed fall in our lap for two years. The international kids don't care about U.S. football. Augusta sells on them being in Augusta, playing Augusta once a year, and there is no football team, so the golf team is the biggest thing at the school. Love the pod, man. Heard you on the Tour Junkies last be- week. DB has been one of my best friends for 20 years. I appreciate that. Basically what, you know, I in my backyard, St. Mary's basketball. They're basically the second best program in Gonzaga's conference. Uh, one of my good buddies, Brian Hawkins, played baseball there. And we always talk about St. Mary's athletics. And obviously they're a basketball school. They, they make the tournament a lot. Randy Bennett, no football team. And they have recruited guys like Matt Della Vidova and Patty Mills. And in basketball, some of the smaller programs get these international guys. And same thing with golf. Obviously, in football, you're just recruiting in America. But one thing I always heard about St. Mary's is why they get this Australian pipeline is because in Australia, like they don't know the difference between Kentucky, Duke, and St. Mary's. All they know is all their star players go to St. Mary's. And they show the St. Mary's games on television in Australia. So it's a big deal. As Sobel told me last week, Rory McIlroy, you know where he was going to go to college if he didn't turn pro? East Tennessee State. That's where he was going to go. Jordan Smith, Texas. J- Justin Thomas, uh, uh, Alabama. Tiger Woods, Stanford. Right. Patrick Cantlay, UCLA. Most of the big boys go to big schools. Even Patrick Reed went to Georgia. But it, it, I always think it's kind of cool. In, in college basketball, some of these international guys, They just, what, Baraga, California and Lexington, Kentucky. What the hell does that mean to those guys, right? Uh, Graham McDowell went to uh, UAB. A lot of these guys go to random colleges because they don't even know the difference. I think that's pretty funny. Not even funny. I think it's just kind of a cool little antidote. Last question, Steve. Question about Cleveland and the Watson suspension. If the NFL adds more games and the union fights it, then Watson would start game one. If that happened and he played out the season, wouldn't he be playing for $1 million and get the suspension took, took place in the next year? He would lose game day money on next year's salary, correct? I mentioned this last week. It makes no sense for Watson to fight it this year with the potential to lose all the money next year. He's scheduled to make $45 million. So I'm no mathematician, but if I go 45, divide 17, That is $2.6 million a game. So think about this. He's making $1 million total this season. So if he missed 10 games next year, let's just pick that number. The NFL added four games. He fought it. He loses. He gets a 10-game suspension in 2023. He would lose $26 million. So as I've said over and over, whether it's a full season, whether it's 10 games, whether it's 12 games. It makes zero sense to not accept the suspension this year, eat the million dollars, whether it's six games, 10 games, a year, and next year play and get your full freight of money. Uh, That's just for me sitting here who didn't go to Harvard, but I can can add. And it, it makes zero financial sense. No one would advise him to make that financial trade-off. Appreciate everyone listening. Subscribe to the podcast. If you listen on Collins feed, greatly appreciate it. Subscribe to three and Out feed. Uh, Middlecoff mailbag, at John Middlecoff, fire in those DMs. I know I have a lot of questions to answer that I have to... Uh, I'll probably attack that sometimes this this week. I will dedicate a couple hours to answering a lot of the questions of people that I have not answered yet. Uh, manually, but fire in those DMs, get your question here answered on the podcast, and I will talk to everyone soon. Peace.
1: The volume.
0: with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.
1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.